Yeah, <laughs> we're going there today. Um, I have a friend, and he's my only friend who is a writer. I think we're all just a little bit too high maintenance for regular people, never mind other writers. Um, but anyways, he sends me stuff all the time that sort of uh, um, is countercultural as far as media goes. So he'll send me like a story of like something like, you know, like a guy who just got out of prison after eight years when it was discovered that the allegations against him were false. Um, he's not like a men's rights activist or anything like that. Um, but, but I always also, just like him, find it interesting that when um, there are certain topics, I have the pasties. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, there are certain topics that um, you can't talk about. Uh, in, in any other context, but full support for the side uh, of that issue that is is either the victim or the moral side or whatever. And obviously one of those things is Me Too. So when, when Me Too first happened, um, I think I was like most other people in, in, in that you could sense like a really important cultural shift was happening. Um, and it was neat kind of like watching the way that people communicated and behaved during that time. Because um, on the one hand, I felt that it was obviously uh, a, a movement that needed to happen. It did give a lot of women a voice. It, it made um, a lot of men accountable, probably not nearly enough, for their behaviors. Um, but what I found really interesting, probably because I'm a contra contrarian type, you know, uh, type of person where you know, if you're if someone is not talking about a certain aspect of an issue, I probably want to talk about that. Like, um, you know, I wrote a bunch of Trump stuff uh, in 2016 and maybe 2017. And then I just kind of didn't write all that much about Trump after that because it was like, I don't know, everyone's writing about Trump. So in this particular, uh, you know, arena that we find ourselves in, in media, it would be um career suicide to almost especially during sorry specifically to the me too movement it would have been career suicide for say you know someone at the toronto star or the globe and mail to write a really you know to to write a deep dive on some sort of false allegation while you're within the me too movement and what i found interesting was the conversations that sprang out of that ecosystem and those conversations always consisted of um a side where it was like you know the Me Too movement is very important and you don't want to um, distract people from this important movement by talking about things that paint um, a woman or women as something negative. And I was always like, we're not public relations. We're, we're, we're journalists and we're writers and I don't understand why we can't walk and chew gum by saying, hey, look at Harvey Weinstein and how horrible he is. Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, Amber Heard falsely accused Johnny Depp of a whole bunch of shit, uh, and it's turned out to be false. It was impossible at that time to to operate like that, to to have sort of like an expanded field of vision when it came to Me Too type stuff. So, but there have been stories along the way 
that clearly challenged that, um, you know, that methodology when it comes to how to report issues that sort of fall under that gigantic Me Too umbrella. And, um, you know, people might remember, people in Toronto certainly would remember um, Steve Pakin, who was falsely accused of, of doing or saying some rather horrible things. Um, and, you know, that turned out to be proven to be after investigation completely without merit. Um, there's Patrick Brown. There's a whole bunch of stuff uh, in the States. And the intent when reporting these stories, from my perspective, is never to, uh, you know, stick it in the eye of Me Too activists or, or try to, to sort of downplay the movement itself and the importance of the movement. Rather, it's just to be a little bit more eclectic with what kind of things that you might want to talk about. Okay, so given all that, um, and uh, I, I, I want to sort of segue into Marilyn Manson because I woke up this morning and Marilyn Manson was trending and it was because he had a lawsuit um, that he has launched and uh, a lot of you remember it from last year. It was a lawsuit and it was really easy to believe because it's Marilyn Manson, a lawsuit that's saying that he had abused mentally and physically and sexually, you know, uh, uh, his ex and then um, other women came forward. Um, the... The story at the time, and I remember saying to people at the time, I'm gonna, I'll try to dig up these tweets. I'm typing as I'm talking. Sorry if it seems uh, awkward, but I'm my own producer, which is never a good thing because I'm technologically <laughs> stupid. Um, but the 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 claim at the time was was kind of easy to believe. Um, Evan Rachel Wood is his ex. Um, sorry, I forgot the name. That's what I was doing. I was typing that name. And she had sued him saying that she, that he essentially raped her um, on the set of a music video, um, that, you know, and she had a, a, like a laundry list of things that he had done. And a lot of it was like mental abuse and control and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm always agnostic, but, you know, I could see how someone could be like, oh, yeah, well, it's Marilyn Manson. He's, he's crazy and, you know, he likes things pretty macabre and things like that. Um, I never do that, by the way. I, I just never do that. We live in a world where Bill Cosby ended up to be, <laughs> ended up being the most prolific rapist in like American history. So I, I think it's important to realize that sometimes you don't know the full story of people. So there is no, and, and then that, by the way, is already like if there was like 100 Me Too activists watching this, what I just said would make 90 of them go, oh, well, he's just fucking toxic masculinity talking over there and he he just wants to like damage women in the movement and it i just like to tell stories i just want to report stories so marilyn manson today got up and uh or i got up and marilyn manson uh, is suing evan richard a fraud conspiracy in what the la times calls a wild lawsuit now um i realized that these uh I have, I have excerpts of the article and they're not really in order, but because it's modern journalism, it really doesn't matter because it's all just sort of segmented like that anyways. So um, that one probably comes later though. Embattled rocker Marilyn Manson has fired back at his ex-fiance Evan Rachel Wood in court, claiming that she and her partner resorted to fraud, conspiracy, and defamation to torpedo his career. Manson, 53, accused Westworld actor and artist Ilma Gore... Of hatching, I, I don't know who any of these people are, by the way, except for Marilyn Manson. 
of hatching plans to manufacture sexual abuse allegations against him and to profit from them, as well as hacking into his computers and social media and impersonating an FBI agent in the process, according to a copy of the complaint obtained by Wednesday by the Times. All of this has not been proven in court. This is all allegations, yada, yada, yada. Um, it accuses Wood and Gore of intentional infliction of emotional distress, defamation, violation of the Comprehensive Computer Data Access Fraud Act, and impersonation over the internet. Marilyn Manson, whose real name is Hugh Warner, is demanding a jury trial and a stop to Wood and Gore's alleged actions. So listen, um, if we apply the same sort of sense of um, agnosticism to accusations that are leveled against one person by another person, unless you know those people personally, it is a fool's errand to take a side. It's, it's just the fool's errand. It is also a foolish argument to say, well, because this person is like this, then who fucking cares? You know, he's an idiot and whatever. If you look through Twitter, when you search for Marilyn Manson, it's interesting because the article, and listen, like all of these are allegations. I don't know which sets of allegations by either side are true or false. I, I just don't know. And I don't, and, and anyone that says they do is lying. Um, and anyone that says they know is lying. And we've seen it time and time again where someone was like, I am certain that person is innocent. And they ended up guilty. And there have been countless times where it's been, I'm certain that person is guilty and they're, and they're innocent. And I think we need to recognize that because um, I don't know how many lawyers would um, publicize and put inside court documents inside a lawsuit against the person that accused you of sexual assault of impersonating an FBI agent and hacking into his computer. Now, there is a common um, tendency among people who are accused of sending things in the online realm of saying that they are, their shit got hacked. I recognize that. Um, I'm sure there are people that also get hacked. So once again, I don't know. But the FBI impersonation thing um, is interesting. And the reason why it's interesting is because an ex-lover of Marilyn Manson came out after that lawsuit was announced and said that she was um, recruited or the the ex, I always forget her name, why do I care? Um, <clears throat> Evan Rachel Wood, again, I have no idea who this person is, and, uh, and, and Gore um, tried to recruit her to lie about Marilyn Manson. The, <laughs> the court documents also say that they set up a battered women's or women's abuse foundation and then use that money to launch the PR campaign to try to destroy or to torpedo or whatever Marilyn Manson's career. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.
Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. That, my friends, is um, a crazy new chapter in the Marilyn Manson saga. I find this story fascinating. I, I think that I am just one of those people who loves to see the kind of counter narrative make its way into the zeitgeist especially so let's let's play um hypothetical here for a second and we'll do the gentlemanly thing and we will say that the allegations against manson are true and the allegations he's leveling against his ex um are are not true well that would be a prototypical me too story that would be awful that a sexual assault took place that would be amazing if he were to be found guilty if he was guilty of that and that would be one of those stories where it's like it's not really a happy story because the woman was assaulted but it maybe ended in a way that was like beneficial for society okay the other hypothetical the one that will make a bunch of people go oh my god why is he talking about that it's so wrong james Oh, hashtag you hate women or something. So, but the other hypothetical would be that all of her allegations are false and his allegations against her are real, uh, which would include, of course, impersonating an FBI agent to strong arm other women to come forward and uh, allegedly to get them to lie about assaults allegedly committed by Marilyn Manson, allegedly. See what they make us do? <laughs> do you see what they make us do? They make us talk like that because everyone's afraid. The, the guy that sent it to me, um, I won't say his name. He is one of those people who lives afraid of um, being sort of like uh, artificially outed as some sort of problematic guy because of innocuous things that have occurred in his past that could be twisted into something that maybe someone could use against him because he's in the public eye. And it, it's so weird to see people that live in that kind of fear because I totally understand it. I, um, I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with, um, like if you have opinions that you express that are, you know, say criticize Black Lives Matter, which I've done, criticize Pride maybe, which I've done, um, criticize the Me Too movement sometimes, which I've done, or any type of wedge issue or issue like that where there is sort of like, oh no, you have to be on this side of the issue and cement yourself there forever and ever, and that's the end of that in perpetuity, and if you deviate from that space at all, we are going to let you know that you need to apologize and yada, yada, yada. Um, for 10 years, people have emailed me as I've been publishing stories that sort of run that narrative run counter to that narrative and it's amazing i should have uh i delete a lot so I, but i should have uh screenshot these because even the, the language that they use were always really similar and it would be something uh, a variation of james i just uh i just wanted to let you know that um that that the story this is the way i imagine them saying it if we were like in public 
um, that that story that you wrote where uh, you you thought maybe it wasn't productive for a Black Lives Matter matter leader to uh, say that Justin Trudeau was a white supremacist and a terrorist. Um, I I agree with you. I also don't think Justin Trudeau is a white supremacist or a terrorist, but I can't say so um, publicly because um, I support Black Lives Matter and I don't want people to think that I'm not a good ally. And they, (laughs) and I'm always just like, my answer is always the same. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) And then I wait for them to say something. If they don't say something, I'm just like, thanks for reading. Um, I hope you're able to like speak freely one day, but it's really on you. Um, We don't always have to fall under that spell, guys, where it's just like, and we did with the convoy in in the other way, by the way. I don't really have a, a, a strong opinion about um, the money that they raised in the sense that I haven't seen anything proven that it was like meant for weapons or if it was like money laundering. I guess they're investigating, so whatever. Uh, when that comes out, that'll be interesting if it was like, oh, it, it turns out um, they were just gonna you know, do what they said they were gonna do, but they got a lot more money than they thought they would get and whatever. Um, but the idea that people who may have donated 20 bucks are bad people is an, is one of those issues that I'm talking about. Um, you know, just, just by process of elimination, you donate to the convoy, you're bad. And, um, I, that's wrong. I, I think that's, uh, you, you know, I, I think the, the frozen bank accounts for the convoy donors, uh, was a largely overblown story and everything. So I'm not, you know, trying to go there. And I know I'm rambling. I wasn't going to do this podcast. Um, and then every ounce of me that was like, stop it. What are you doing? You'll just ramble on and say something and people will use it against you. And then I was like, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't give a fuck. I, you know, a nuance, nuance is dead. Um, I think my uh, uh, esteemed colleague, Lachlan Cross, says that a lot, that, uh, that nuance is dead. And it is. And it's something that a lot of us say. Um, I look at a story like this Marilyn Manson story and it's, it's another one of those stories where you will not see, at least largely, um, a well-known journalist, uh, for say the Toronto star, like a Kevin Donovan perhaps, or, or maybe, um, at the Globe and Mail, um, Robin Doolittle or wherever she is. Um, you know, you won't see them writing a story like, could Marilyn Manson be innocent against the woman who accused him of rape? Because they think that even having a story like that or having a headline like that is like inflammatory and it harms women and this, that, and the other thing. And it's been years since we've been doing stuff like that, since we've been just like blanketing certain issues in certain ways. But it's okay. If if there's any journalists watching this, and most of them hate my guts, so they're probably not, <laughs> but if they are, um, stop doing that. Just stop it. Just, just one at a time stories. You know, every story is its own thing. You know, if 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 it, if if you look at stats and let's just say that in uh, high profile accusations that 92, it's probably more, don't get angry, but let's say 92% of 
all accusations that are leveled against public men, let's just say, are true, and only eight of them are false. Um, that stat tells us a couple things. One of them is that women, by and large, um, almost never falsely accuse men of stuff. Um, as a as a group, that, you know, they wouldn't. They, it would be a mischaracterization to say that women falsely accuse men of stuff. That, that's just obvious. Um, but there are some outliers. I guess they would put the liar in outliers. It's an approximation with the spelling, but whatever. Um, there are some outliers that, that do. It happens. Uh, Amber Heard, it's just an example. Um, and I think those are stories that we, if we shelter those stories, it doesn't do anyone any good. Um, and if we don't shelter those stories, it adds a nuance to your consumption of news pertaining to certain issues. In other words, I think that you are stupid if you think that those stories are problematic. And I know that sounds harsh, and I'm actually holding back because, because each individual story is supposed to be something that um, gives the reader a sort of unique take on this or that, on, on, on a Me Too issue or on a race issue or on an energy issue or an environmental issue or an indigenous issue and this, that, and the other thing. There cannot be any sacred cows anymore. We're beyond that. Um, there's a lot of people who get murdered. Very small amount of them get murdered by serial killers. Small amount, just tiny. But we love talking about that. And it's the same thing. It's just math, guys. Nothing else matters. Um, I don't know why I did this podcast, but it was fun for me to get all this off my chest because I don't get to talk like this very often because, um, no one would ever go on. It would be hard to have a guest and talk about this topic because the guests would be doing things like, Oh, um, well, I, um, I hashtag believe women, first of all, because that's. That's, uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Are you there? Hello? <laughs> it, would, it would go something like that. Or, or it would go the other way, which would be like, oh my God, James DeFury's like got a red pill show where it's called Blackball and he tries to red pill his guests, which is also false. I'm mostly progressive. Except for anything to do with identity politics. And then apparently I'm an alt-right person, but I'm not. Um, just tell the truth. In every story. Um, because what's, and we've seen this, what's happened is, uh, and what's, what will continue to happen is that the pitchforks and torches, and I'll end with this because I hate the sound of my own voice for 22 minutes. So, um, but the pitchforks and torches way of trying to communicate a point, um, is the last refuge of a lazy thinker. It just is. Um, I, I, I want to hear the stories that, that people don't tell, not for a political agenda to fulfill and to satisfy, but because I think, don't you guys think it would be a really interesting story that Marilyn Manson's career basically, I mean, it was probably already done, let's be honest, Dancing with the Stars, some shit probably in his future, but um, his reputation, also kind of dark, you know, a little bit sinister, whatever, uh, um, took a hit 
at the hands of something as heinous as allegations like this. So that's that was a blockbuster story. But this is too. Because again, if any of his allegations happen to be true, you know it'd be weird if both were true. <laughs> right? Like you know, uh, he, I, what he did to me was so bad that I will find an army of women to manufacture accusations so that he will face justice for what he legit did to me. That would be weird. And on his end, it would be like, wow, I did, I did that thing to her, but everything else is fake. It's fucking money. Um, and that's another episode of It Went About 90 Seconds Too Long, James. But no, um, go look at the story, guys. I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting. And, uh, and don't be afraid to talk about issues that are sacred cows. And that's it for me. Um, have a good day. We are on, the next time we have a guest scheduled is March 10th, a week from today, and that would be Nathaniel Erskine-Smith. We'll see you then. That's at 10 a.m. Thank you. your favorite girl that's right it's the ali mars the one and the only everyone else just ain't me i am the host of welcome to mars a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table i have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle we still talk sex but i'm more interested in the journey where people have come from how they made it and where they're going Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.